What are we talking about? Gas. We talked about that last week. We could talk about it again. It seems to be a hot topic, and somebody and 16,000 people thought it was a good idea for you to talk well, about we can it. can do gas and inflation because they're dividing the two. And, and taxes. Have you filed your taxes yet? Yeah. Well, oh, I, we got some tax shit from you, too. What? Yeah, your tax stuff is coming to my house because you decided to file your or put my address down as your Wait, tax. Wait, you only got one thing. No, we got two things now. No, I haven't filed. I put sent it to my accountant out in California, so I should be filing in the next couple of weeks. Um, okay, so we are streaming. Now we're recording. Oh, I haven't said it's streamed anything. Well, let's go live. <laughs> How far along are we to we really go live when? Well, I mean, we can go live whenever. Okay, let's kick this off. So All right, well, hold on. Well, you no, know, because you, you don't want to keep your audience waiting, right, John? That's right. I gotta load up some things over here. So I haven't gone live yet. Go live, okay? Because people don't like that. Uh, TikTok. Because they're gonna think they raised interest rates today. Yeah, we can talk about that. What about the? What was the inflation? What was the actual percentage of February? February was seven point nine. Let's go to. Oh, I got. Let's check. Look, we are streaming. Let me check some platforms here. All the goods and services that go into making a product, that went up ten percent. Nice. From a year ago. Yeah, we're doing real good. And the market liked it because it wasn't as high as they thought it was going to be. See, for whatever reason, my camera's stuck. But it really doesn't matter. I'm just controlling stuff over here. Which is unbelievable. The public is str- uh, struggling, and you just worry about because it wasn't as high as you anticipated. Well, now they found something to blame. Putin. Well, and see, that's that, the result of every problem. Well, now. no, but see, that's the thing that Pete, the public is. It's like, no, it's not Putin. It's you. This has been going on. Like inflation has been going on all last year. You said it was transitory. Then you changed the word from transitory to something else. Then you blame the pandemic. Then you blame now it's Putin. Public isn't buying it. Well, they're not going to, especially coming off of four years where it well, was. Well, it's not what the people look at. They just look at six months ago, inflation was high. Right. Putin didn't invade Ukraine then. Right. October it was high. November it was high. December it wasn't high. January it wasn't high. Even February went up to 7.9. But then a guy named Steve Ratner, who was an early Obama economic advisor, especially as it related to the car industry. He said, no, Joe, the invasion happened on the 24th. There's only, what, 29, how many days? 28 were, days, or 20. Can you verify that, how many days were in February? Uh, 28. 28 days. So, out of 24 days, I mean, out of 28 days, 24 days, there was no invasion of Ukraine. So, this was your fault. Oh, that's something new. Politician getting the blame. Well, the reason I mentioned him because it was he was a Democrat, and then like Larry Summers said when he passed his American Rescue Plan, test, test, test. Okay, he said the same thing. This is going to cause inflation, and they said, "Oh no, no, it's not." And I'm like, "So how are you going to spend three to five trillion dollars not cause inflation?" Because you're going to always find something to blame. No matter what. But see, that's what the public does. They go into the gas station. Who do they blame? Biden. All right. They you're going to go live? 
ready? Yeah, because you know you're you're wasting all the good stuff. I got, I got on, it. I you're wasting all, you're wasting all the good Shut stuff, up, and we're not even recording yet. Here we go. Actually, we know we you are recording. Okay. Here good. we go. So go live. Am I good? Going can you live. Hear me? Yeah, I can hear. We're going live. You. Two, right. one. Test. Hey, everybody. This Hold is... on. Let me count you down. Okay. Jeez. Three, two. Hey, everybody. This is John at Ubaldi Report that provides fact, not fiction, on issues facing America, whether internationally or domestically. So we provide the facts. We don't provide any spin. We just provide the facts. We let you make up your mind on these key core issues that affect the country nationally and internationally, and there's a lot to talk about. And with me, I've got two individuals here. One is my co-host is Joe Bitts, and then he was a retired Marine combat vet from Iraq. He was wounded because he stepped on something he probably should not have stepped on. Sure. And what's Ray? Ray like a color commentator? What what is he? We're gonna, he's our color commentator. You're, provides... you're, you're host, I'm co host. He's like I mean, we can call him producer, but he doesn't produce anything. Well, I would almost look at him as the man of the street. He gives us the like, analogy. okay, hold on. he's he's our correspondent. Yeah, but I mean he ta- he brings up a fresh perspective of what most Americans do. I mean, Ray, do you follow politics on a regular basis? Uh, have you yes, seen his Facebook? Day. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't seen this. Well, because most people don't. I mean, really, in America, most Americans really don't follow politics. No, they despise it. They but, think, what, but why now? Why? Why are they so involved? Why are they so? Well, they, is it, they get involved when an issue is important to them. Yeah. But for the most part, they don't trust politics. It's funny because we ran when I used to work at a political consulting firm, and it was a for a Republican, and we ran a guy, a guy named Bill Simon who ran against Gray Davis in California. And the one thing that he lost because he was out of touch, he just felt that if you you had to be at his economic level, otherwise if you weren't, you were a servant. Uh He just couldn't relate to the voters. And that's a death snail in politics. You have to be able to relate to the voters and understand what their concerns are. And if you don't, you're going to lose. Well, was it kind of like Dukakis? Or no, no, it was Bush when he looked at the, what's it called? When he looked at the scanner at the supermarket, oh, no, and he was no, like, that, what's that? That was George H.W. Bush. Yeah. There was a special scanner that could read your receipt if something was messed up. Or read your groceries. But he was out of touch. It's just like John Kerry when he went windsurfing to show I'm one of you. Most people don't windsurf. It's an elitist sport. Hey, one second. Stop playing with that thing under the table. I'm not playing with it. There's something that's clicking around here. Well, let's just... (laughs) But anyway, it's... So it's just they have that elitist attitude, and he just couldn't relate. And it's kind of ironic. Donald Trump is a billionaire, and he was relatable to the average people. Just well, like, but, but that's just, why he was Donald. That's why he was Donald Trump. But he had a good work ethic. Yeah, but it's just like Franklin Roosevelt. Franklin Roosevelt grew up in wealth his whole life, but he was relatable. The public related to him because mm-hmm. he could relate to them. And Hillary, take Hillary Clinton, minus what we think of her yeah. and her policies, but she was not relatable. It's just like when she fell and she had had to be taken, you know, was carried by her Secret Service agent. 
And they took her not to the hospital. They took her back to her hotel room. Yeah. And a doctor came to her hotel room. Uh-huh. How many people are going to fall or have some same kind of condition? The doctor's not coming to your house. Would she have been more relatable if had she gone to, immediately to the hospital? I think it would have been better for her. She could have seen the health care system f- up front. Yeah. And it would have been more relatable. Because how many people, if you fall or get hurt, I'm going to go home. The doctor can come to my house. That ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, it's kind of like a lingering in my mind about, has this president done anything for America at all since he's been in office? Because Trump was like, America, 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 America. And then a lot of people were saying, hey, we like this president because he supported us. He worried about us first. This bill came by where the Congress had a pass. They, they passed something. Okay. The, not the stimulus, but... Yeah, the American Rescue Plan last night. Not that. The one that just recently passed in Congress. Oh, the bipartisan, uh, the spending bill? The spending bill so that we wouldn't go into a government shutdown. And nothing is for us. Nothing is for the American people. Did Congress get a raise? I would have to go back and look at that. What's that? I saw that they got a 20% or something like that at pay raise. Yeah, so their inflation's covered, right? Yeah, but see... When you ask the question, has he helped the American people? The answer would be no. Gas prices since he took office has skyrocketed beyond what happened in Ukraine. It Mm -hmm. was going up far faster last year. Then you have inflation. Now, they blame Putin for rising gas prices and for inflation. Now, that had a little bit to do with it. I'm not going to deny that had something to do with it. But inflation was going up all in the spring and into uh, and all through the summer. And remember, the argument was, oh, it's transitory. This is only going to be temporary. Come the fall, it will be it'll start to go down. Well, that proved false because starting in October, it was like six percent then six point five each month. Since October, inflation has gotten worse from the previous year. Mm-hmm. And then look at gas prices. Okay, I got the invasion of Ukraine, and I was on a radio show that talked about this. And we had a previous podcast that talked about rising gas prices. I'm not putting the full blame on Biden because once they shut down the economy and the economy reopened, demand shot up, but supply didn't keep pace. That wasn't Joe Biden's fault. But since he became president... He's done everything to restrict the, su- the supply of energy, starting with the Keystone XL pipeline, then other pipelines. Then he stopped permits on new and existing pipelines, ended leasing on federal lands. And then the one thing that people don't know is he has the Federal Reserve and the SEC, his appointments to the, both those institutions are doing everything they can to limit capital flowing to the energy sector. But now he's going around the world like to Venezuela, to the OPEC, mm-hmm. Iran, to try to get them to increase energy production to drop prices here. Yeah. So now part of that $1.3 trillion plan, um, some of that money, do you agree that we should have sent some of that money that we passed, some of that money's going to Ukraine? Do you support that aid being military aid, uh, I mean, weapons, I, 
uh, everything military-wise to Ukraine. I mean, I do, and the reason I do is that this is bigger than Ukraine. We're looking at it, Russia invades Ukraine. The other country that's looking at this, whether it's good or bad, if Putin fails or Putin succeeds, is China. If Putin succeeds in Ukraine, China's going to look, oh, I guess the West isn't going to do anything because American businesses are pulling out of Russia. But Russia's economy is nothing before this. Would American business do the same thing to China, which is the second leading economy in the world? So we have to look in a broader perspective, not just Ukraine. And and the only reason why I ask that question and it's a big topic and obviously history shows is the reason why I ask is not too long ago, we also sent weapons to the Middle East to fight Russia. And that kind of, you know, backfired where they were using weapons on us as well when we sent our own troops to Afghanistan. And part of the reason is I just get concerned when we send our help over to a foreign country. I don't think Ukraine will do anything against us, but... I, you know, there's always just that address concern. As there always is going to be that concern, there always is going to be. But if a if a, a fledgling democracy, and it was a fledgling democracy, I'm not saying Ukraine was a perfect democratic country, but they were striving to be democratic. If we allow a country to take over its neighbors for some territorial aspirations they have, what's going to prevent? China to go into Taiwan. Now, look at the economic impact of Russia going into Ukraine. What's going to be the economic impact of China going into Taiwan? A lot of our semiconductors are made in Taiwan. So we have to look at that. And if we let one precedent go, it's going to cause ramifications. Now, for me, when it comes to that spending bill, beyond just what was spent on Ukraine, what else was in there? Because everybody blames tax cuts for ballooning the deficit. That's false. The Wall Street, the Washington Post gave President Biden three Pinocchios for saying that only the top 1% benefited. He goes, that's totally false. 80% of the benefit went to the bottom half. Their wages went up. Jobs were increased from there. But what happens when the tax cuts, starting from the first tax cut with John Kennedy... That was later passed by Lyndon Johnson. Then you got the Reagan tax cuts and the Bush Senior. I mean, excuse me, Bush Junior. And then there was the uh, the Trump tax cut. The spending never got reduced. How many agencies are out there that outlive their usefulness? Too many. Remember, during the pandemic, they sent a lot of federal workers home because they were non-essential. Yes. Well, if they're non-essential, why do we have them there? I mean, even the military. I was a big proponent that military overspends on weapon systems. We spend on things that we don't need. And this may be controversial. I don't think the military in, in CONUS, you know, continental United States, needs a commissary. I mean, think about it. I live outside McDill Air Force Base. Within a three, four, within a five-mile radius, there's a super Walmart, a super Target, and three or four grocery stores, Publix, Winn-Dixie, and others. Why do you need a commissary that gets subsidized by the federal government to the tune 
of over a billion dollars. I like this because I think there could be a federal tax break for all businesses, small and large, including corporate, that offer that 10% military discount like across the board. So like if it's like Walmart, Target, it could be Publix, it could be mom and pop stores. If there is a federal tax cut that says, hey, you can write off 10% or you can write anybody, any, any military that comes in for 10%, they can they, they you can deduct that from your taxes after tallying it up. It just keeps a little bit extra. You have to keep track of it. But I mean, it would greatly benefit not only the business. Can you imagine a, a business being able to write off ten percent of their earnings if they're in a military well, there area? Was a, at the tail end of the Obama administration, the I can't remember the individual's name. He talked about ending the commissary. And he, he went to all the different retail outlets, like I'm sure Costco, all the supermarket chains. And they were willing to give the military, temp, military retirees, dependents, 10% discount on their products that they buy at their company. It was very controversial because I even had a sergeant when I was in my unit. I mentioned that. He goes, oh, how dare they? They got to find cuts somewhere else. And that's what everybody says. Cut someone else's program just not mine and we have to look at the mission of the military what's the mission of the department of defense yeah is one to prevent war and two to protect the homeland is it set up to have a commissary system which is like a supermarket because the commissary system came out of the 19th early 20th century when bases were at the far flung of the country in the middle of nowhere and there wasn't a lot of places for them to shop. So what uh, Aaron and I went down on, on base yesterday, and just looking at everything, you're not getting a deal just because you're not paying taxes on it. No, exactly. I think I think it's almost like they know the tax, so they kind of adjust it for Correct. that. Because I don't know if they have to pay, pay tax. I don't know what the the PX or the BX has to do. A lot of it's you don't pay the tax, but I mean. But I'm not, saying when they're purchasing those goods, but it's it's it's, it's there's no deal. But so you and you're getting older stuff, so it's kind of it's it's antiquated on top of the fact that you know you might find a rare deal every once in a while. But I can go to a flea market or I can go to someone's garage sale and almost get the same thing. But you go to a Walmart or you go to a Target or a Best Buy, and you can get far better quality at a better price so but it's it's just to me it's outlived its usefulness it was it was for in the early part of the 20th century but we're in the 21st century where there's retail outlets all over the place so bottom bottom line you basically would say commissaries out trade it for you know just the the everyday public Walmart, Target, or, or, or small they business. Could say, they could save, they could save, and save money. Yeah. Or what they could do is not fund the commissary and put a like a Kroger's or a Publix, which is a supermarket, and, say, uh, and like you'd be on base, but we're not going to subsidize you. And the thing is, is that Publix or Kroger's would actually pay for that space versus vice versa. Correct. So they could be like, you can have a Kroger's here, but you just have to cut a deal for our, you know. Whatever, or even if they just, whoever came up with Well, the, because, yeah, you're right, because there's a Dunkin' Donuts, there's a Starbucks, there is, you know, like a dry cleaner of some sort, there's a tattoo parlor. There's actually an, an, an actual tattoo parlor on McDill yeah, right now. Yeah, I saw that. 
But you also like you have the food court. You have a, like a Charlie Steakhouse. You have a Taco Bell. You have a Subway. So you're you're actually you're onto something there where a company can take over that shopping area, give a baby a better shopping experience to those people with better products. Well, now the other thing they need to look at. I don't know how the other services work, but it's got to be the same concept. Mm-hmm. We have something called Serve Mart in the Marines. Yeah. Which is like a combination of Home Depot, Lowe's, Office Max, Office Depot. Why do we have that in the continent of the United States? Why can't each battalion get a credit card and go out in town and find the best deal? Because you, you have a controller at every battalion. Yeah. He could say, here's my budget. Here's what I need. Everybody has a budget. Here's what I need. And I get it approved. Why do we need to have this on base? Why do we have civilians doing this when we can go out in town? Because D- Home Depot and Lowe's and, or even Ace Hardware sometimes have better product, better deals than you get on base. Yeah, but there are a, a lot more of a wholesale. Or there's wholesale. Things. Yeah, like especially when it comes to like the products of goods, foods, and services, stuff like that. You can definitely get it a lot less. You, know, you can get a, a, a better value. Including to the point where, like, I mean, I know a lot of small businesses that they get the majority of their products from, like, Costco, Sam's Club. Correct. And the thing is, is that there's an actual, you if you're a commercial business, you can actually go a little bit lower and you can pay wholesale prices. So you're really, they're cutting into the margin a lot. See, now, there's there's a lot of things that the the, the government needs to look at. Now, here's another radical one. That I mentioned this once before on my radio show that I do is if I was president, I would move the Department of Agriculture out of D.C. Where would you move it to? Where its constituents are at, the Midwest, okay. Iowa, Nebraska, some of those states. You would, I would only keep those individuals, and that would be very lean, who deals with legislation. Everybody mm-hmm. out. You're going to deal with your constituents where the farming community is in the Midwest. I like that idea. I mean, especially a lot of the problem with, like, government nowadays is that when the administration comes in, it's like their buddies their buddies move in with them. And it's just kind of like they're, it's very – it's oh, extremely political where the person's just trying to get by for another year or two years or whatnot. Could you say that again? All right, so we do have a question. What's the question? Got to get used to this. Let me hit accept. Okay, we got a versus. I don't know what this is. Okay. What? Oh, well, it's good to have you on the the program. How are you doing? Now, where are you located at? What's up, Fossey Net? What's going on, everybody? Man, I was at 16X, and buddy busted. It's a whole crown, man. Okay, we're having an awfully weird experience here, but yeah. cool. What's up? Can you end that? 
dancing. Or you could just end the live and go back live again. Hey. What's up? Soul's nasty. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Thank you for the paper crane. The high. How you doing? Yeah, don't hit this button anymore. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're gonna go live again. Okay. Hold on. Three, two, get out of my way. Okay, we're back live. We had someone chime in and probably wasn't the best, wasn't for our genre what we were dealing with. But what I was mentioning before we had that person chime in is one of the things with the budget I would do is move some of the federal agencies out where their constituents are at. Like the Department of Agriculture, you're moving to Ohio, Iowa or Nebraska or Kansas because you're dealing with the agriculture issues, you're dealing with those farming states. And if you're the Department of Interior, guess where you're going? You're going out with your constituents. That could be Montana, South Dakota, Washington State. Anywhere that deals with a lot of national forest type or national resources. And the, we would consolidate the bit, the offices of those entities into one. Only those dealing with legislation would stay in Washington. And we would sell the buildings at prime real estate and give that money to the treasury so we can reduce our debt. So basically, you have a lot of common sense going forward here. You would put each each respective department uh, where you see fit in this country instead of the concrete jungle of Washington, D.C. Correct. And then the other thing is, this is also controversial, is I would abolish the Department of, of Education. Okay. If you did keep it, you're only going to deal with legislative issues because education is really a localized issue. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, the federal government spends money on education. But mainly, a lot of that is dealt at the state and local levels. Now, when people would fight back against that, oh, you're going to hurt the kids. Well, think about it. We went to the moon, and we didn't have a Department of Education. The Department of Education was uh, adopted in 1978. So the vast majority of individuals who are over, I think, 60, 65 years of age, they went to school without a Department of Education. We went... we. One World War II, we sent a man to the moon. There was no Department of Education. It's just a bureaucratic mess. And if you look at the Department of Education, our reading scores haven't improved. Math scores haven't improved. Let's get it back down to the states. If the federal government is going to have some type of role, it's going to be a minor role, but it's only going to be like a small office. It's not going to be this big behemoth of an organization. Yeah. All right. So kind of going. So we got to burn up about maybe like five, 10 minutes. What else we got? Well, the other thing is President Zelensky spoke in front of Congress today. Mm hmm. And one of the things he wanted was he definitely wanted no fly zone. That was a non-issue. And I would agree with both Republicans and Democrats, and I would agree with President Biden not to do a no fly zone. What what does that mean, no fly zone? Well, they would prevent any Russian aircraft from entering Ukrainian airspace and other items, I think maybe even cruise missiles or anything like that. But the problem is 
a lot of the support network for Vladimir Putin, like his cruise missile launches come from Belarus or come from Russia proper. Okay. So we're not going to bomb Belarus or Russia proper. It's just not going to happen. And if we get involved in a no-fly zone in Ukraine, inadvertently we're going to be going up against Russian pilots. Not saying American pilots aren't capable, mm -hmm. but is that what we want? Where it's going to be a shoot-down or an incident where we're going to have to shoot down a Russian plane. This isn't Iraq where we had a no-fly zone or the Bosnia herzegovina Serbia area. Mm -hmm. This is... Russia has capabilities, so that would be a non-starter. Their capabilities seem weak, though. I well, mean, but they still have anti-aircraft capabilities. If we did a no-fly zone, you would have to take those out. A lot of those are located in Belarus and in Russia. So, basically, Russia bombs a NATO country. Everybody gets involved. Everybody gets involved. What I mean, well, that, 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 that's so beginning of World War III. So far, he hasn't attacked a NATO country. Uh -huh. But I'm just saying, but we what, don't want that possibility. But he's going to. No, but <laughs> going to or ha is one thing. D has he? No, we don't want to get into that, that problem. Now, other things Zelensky asked for is the transfer of the MiG fighters from Poland to an American air base and back into Ukraine. Mm -hmm. I would be in favor of that because that gives them the capabilities to do other things. Why don't we want to get involved? Well, we don't want to escalate this into a conflict beyond Ukraine. Is it kind of like, are they kind of maybe, maybe are they kind of hitting on Ukraine just to get America in and then it's on? No. This is uh, Putin's whole belief was he wants to res re resurrect the old Soviet Union, the Russian Empire, which included Belarus, Ukraine, the Central Asian republics, and the Baltic states. Now, the Baltic states are members of NATO. So I don't think Putin is going to go into those countries, but he definitely wants Ukraine part of his orbit. And I just think going up against that would be a mistake. But there's other things we can do. And President Biden has gave him almost a billion dollars of aid, which is like the Javelin missiles, the Stingers, mm -hmm. AT-4s, which is an, a bunker buster. There's other weapon systems that we can flood into that country. If he does take Ukraine, and this could go either way, it would definitely make those Baltic countries, they would be very... Uh, nervous very nervous yes yeah uh, because then that that just kind of encloses on them and then what does putin do at that point do you think he would go after specifically those baltic countries or do you think he would go into poland no i think at this point because of the the military actions of his own military was suspect at best he thought he would roll in take ukraine in a matter of days and as we're into the third week, and they haven't even taken the capital yet. Yeah, and what's up with you, Poland? Why is everybody always after Poland? What's so good about Poland? Because Poland is kind of relatively flat, and it stands, it's like a the bridge between the eastern and western part. It's just an easy roll right through. Because Germany was all about Poland, and, and you know people are, you know, would think that would be a great well, opportunity. Well, it's always been a, a buffer state, but it's just easy to get in. World War II, the Russians came in from the east, 
and the the Germans came in from the west and they split it. Mm-hmm. Poland is just it's just there's no natural barriers. There's no river. There's no mountain. Yeah. It's just flat. It's just an easy access for invading armies to come through. So, but see, you have to look at it. Putin's a successful in Ukraine. That gives an impetus for President Xi and China mm-hmm. to go into Taiwan because he feel, oh, what the heck? If they went into Ukraine and didn't let that that stood, no matter how bloody it was, it how bloody for the Russians it was. What is it going to be for us when we go into Ukraine? I mean, yeah. uh, into Taiwan or other areas of the South China Sea mm-hmm. or other aspects of that area. So our president thought it would be a good idea to get some advice off TikTok. <laughs> well, you heard that, right? I did. The, the, were you were did, you one of them? What's that? Were you one of them? No. Okay. If I would, I would have said open the the energy spigot. What he did was he wants to deflect the blame he's getting for rising gas prices oh. <laughs> and rising inflation. So he's going to tell a bunch of influencers, "Hey, it wasn't me." <laughs> well, I mean that, that it, it's it's smart on his part, and I am no Biden supporter, but it's smart on his part because it deflects to the, my generation, yeah. who has TikTok, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, every other social media out there, and we're watching it. So if you're not paying attention in politics and mm-hmm. you're just watching your TikTok and you scroll down on it, that's what you think is going to happen. Now, yeah. I'm not saying that they're the smartest people in the world, yeah. but I'm just saying that that's, it, 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 it's well, a smart move. But some weren't even over the age of 18 yet. <clears throat> well, but, they tried to lower the age of voting to 16. Yeah, they're, they're, but <laughs> see, it's just it's enough way to deflect the, the blame that he's getting. Now, like I've always said, Biden's not solely responsible for inflation, but inflation is is having too much money out chasing too few goods. So the Federal Reserve loose monetary policy on top of the loose fiscal policy, because Joe Biden has spent like there's no tomorrow. Like he spent almost two trillion dollars on the American Rescue Plan. And remember, in December, they had a hard time getting COVID-19 test kits mm-hmm. when they allocated $80 billion for that. Or they gave money to the schools and some of the schools never reopened and never got to the intended target. So let's just say tonight at 9 o'clock, our president pops on the TV for an emergency brief. And he says, I, I am opening up the Exxon, uh, I'm opening up the uh, XL pipe. XL, XL pipeline. Keystone XL pipeline. Uh, and we are going to start uh, honoring those leases, and we're going to start getting more energy. Of, or we're going to be more energy independent. Does that change your view of this current administration? No. And the reason is President Biden can do exactly what you said. We're going to restart the Keystone XL pipeline. We're going to honor existing leases and any new leases. We're going to give these energy companies permitting. We're not going to be so hostile to the energy companies. But I listened to an energy analyst, and this would make sense. This may work now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these areas where they want to drill, sometimes it takes a, a year to three years before they begin finding the energy they need. They have to get the equipment. They have to get the personnel. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing is, what's going to happen a year from now or two years from now? You invest all your money, then all of a sudden, 
we don't like you anymore. We're going to go back to doing being this anti-energy for our administration. And that's the problem I see, and that's where the energy companies are looking at. They're looking at, okay, we invest all our money, then all of a sudden you're going to pull the rug out from us again, and we just wasted all our money. Mm-hmm. So I don't see – he had, had well, here's an example. He was doubling down until she pulled her name on Sarah Raskin to be on the Federal Reserve as an oversight on the for banking. She was stated in an interview that her goal is to end energy as we know it. And that's why she didn't get it. Well, because Joe Manchin, the Senate Democratic Senator from West Virginia, said, oh, no, no, no. Your anti-energy platform is wrong for this time and issues that we're facing today. That's one of the things I mentioned long before Putin decided to mass his troops on Ukraine. You want to hurt Russia? Crater the energy market. We we can be energy independent. Our energy is far cleaner than Russia, Venezuela, OPEC, and Iran. So why not create jobs here? But they won't do that because he's captivated by that progressive left who's against any type of fossil fuel. They even want to put... A energy tax, meaning if you pump 300,000 barrels of oil a day, you get taxed 50%. On the current, let's say, let's just say, make it easy math. If oil is trading at $100 a barrel and it was trading at $50 a barrel Mm -hmm. in January 2021, and prior to the pandemic, it was probably trading, let's say, $45 a barrel. Yeah. You pay a tax on the difference, mm-hmm. and that money gets sent to the people. Yeah. All that would do is what Jimmy Carter did in 1979, Same thing. And what happened? Domestic oil production plummeted. Well, it's funny how Pete Booty Judd and like Stephen Colbert are like, hey, just go out and get yourself an electric vehicle. But the trade-off is not the same even if you were broken down on the side of the road if you had a dead battery they would still need a vehicle that produced that had gasoline to produce electricity to charge you enough to get you to your station the stations right now are are controlled by some kind of electricity that is being generated by some kind of fossil fuel whether it's gas coal or oil and then to the point where we're not getting a good you know, they're trying to say, oh, we'll just do this because they're going to find a way to tax you per charge on your electric vehicle well, one way or the other. But, Joe, here's the point. When Pete Buttigieg and Stephen Colbert mentioned driving an electric vehicle, I mean, I don't know what your finances are. I don't know what many Americans' finances are. How many people have fifty to $60,000 to have an electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I know for your house, your wife parks her vehicle in the garage. Yeah. You park your vehicle outside. Mm-hmm. How are you charging your vehicle outside? Well, I mean, in all honesty, there are systems and rigs that you can put outside to charge your vehicle outside. Now, when it's on the street, say it's about a good 10, 15 feet from the house, that's a little bit different. But uh, most people park on the street. Do you have that kind of money to put charging stations? I don't know how much a charging well, station Well, the thing costs. is, if you can afford an electric car, you could probably afford something but like that. That's, but most electric cars are a secondary car. It's not your primary car. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but when only 1% of the population has an electric car, and it's just not, the infrastructure is not there. They haven't even thought of how that's going to plan, but they're saying by 2035, half of all vehicles must be electric. Yeah, and I still don't know why they're kind of putting down the number one electric car producer, and they're like, hey, GM, hey, Ford, you take it. Ford can't get a vehicle out of the door without putting with because their lack of chips. And you're going to say, oh, here's a electric powered. And Elon Musk is, is so confident about his vehicle over all the other electric vehicles. He even put out his patent for free use to be like, all right, okay, here's, here's how I did it. Go ahead and try to make a better car. But, and they still can't. But even Elon Musk said, this goes against my business model. But you're going to have to have energy. That means fossil fuel. Now, my whole understanding would be in order to maybe our vehicles, are our vehicles the number one producer of of the carbon that is released in the air? I believe so, but I would have to verify, see or, how they break that down. Cause, or is it the businesses? Like, So if you have a lot of these in- industrial businesses, if you can convert their power to a solar power, which is a little bit more obtainable... And there's less businesses to go around to reduce that carbon, no, that carbon footprint. You can increase, or you can maintain the electric. That wouldn't work because California has its own version of the Green New Deal, and they use alternative fuels more than the rest of the country, and they have an energy shortage. Are you talking about for like buildings and housing and stuff like that? Just everything. They use more. They get more of their energy from wind and solar than any other state. See, but they have a energy shortage because they cannot produce enough energy to meet its needs. It looks like there's always going to be something in the way of something else. Like there is like a solar farm, which is a, it's a mirror, a bunch of mirrors pointed up to like this large cylinder that creates heat that goes into a vat of water that creates steam that turns a turbine that you know turns the you know that powers electricity. Except they don't want to they don't want to do that. You know why? Because if a bird flies over two close it's going to come down cooked and then you got the environmentalists saying well you're you're killing birds so you can't have that a lot of like those just invested some money into like a fusion chamber which is like fusion generator it's nuclear power without the nuclear correct i've heard of some of that stuff you know but like you know nobody wants to put the funding over there because you can produce one plant and that's good but as soon as one goes crazy or haywire or breaks down... But see, the, the technology is not where everybody thinks it is. I think they've been watching too much science fiction to believe. And But just to do that within 20 years, within a 10-year period, it's just like Pete Buttigieg. This is what we... Americans will see the benefit in 20 years. Well, you're struggling now. You're going to wait for the 20 years to see the benefit? Yeah, because oh, let's not think. It, it, it almost it took us over 100 years to figure out to get a light bulb to last forever. You know, switching it just from these. So, I mean, there's a, long, there's a big gap there before we go from burning fuel to having some renewable energy source. It's not a renewable energy source. It's a reusable energy it's source just, where we really but need. But then there's the other problem is... What goes into a battery? Lithium and cobalt. Yeah. 
Hunter Biden allegedly sold an American or helped an American conglomerate sell the largest cobalt mine in Congo to China. Oh. That's great. So China controls a lot of the rare minerals that go into this. Yeah. If you're all about the environment, how do you think they mine this stuff? It's not like you have in America. Mm -hmm. You have child labor kids going into these mines to get their stuff. So... And then how do you dispose of this? How do you fix it? It's just not feasible at this point. Yeah. And people need to realize that. But look at Germany. Look at Europe. Europe utilizes far more renewable energy than the United States, and they're in an energy shortage, and they needed to make it up. That's why they signed these deals with Russia. Mm -hmm. That may be changing. We can sell them all the – and our natural gas is far cleaner than the dirty energy coming out of Venezuela – the Saudis or the APEC nations or even Russia. Yeah. All right, John. So how can they get a hold of us? You can get a hold of us by going to Ubaldi reports at gmail.com, or you can check us out on our social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, which we did a very good TikTok video yesterday. Got over 6, 16,000 views and we went over 3000 of followers. So keep following us on TikTok. And you can go to Ubaldi Reports group and check us out. All right. And the elite live stream will constantly improve by week. And so just keep with us on that. And we will talk to everybody soon. Yeah. Keep and keep listening to Ubaldi Reports and tell your family and friends about Ubaldi Reports. Till next time, keep listening to Ubaldi Reports.